recruiting his followers. The, the, the series of events is interesting in that it starts with John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness and then Jesus showing up where John the Baptist is. And he says, I need to be baptized by you. And John says, no way. <laughs> You're not the, uh, no, no, I need to be, I'm not worthy to, to baptize you. I don't, and, he, and Jesus says, it fulfills all righteousness for me to be baptized by you. And so he does that. And then we see that Jesus goes and he starts to find men. And at where he finds them is throughout their day, whatever it is that they were doing that day when, when he came on the scene. The first men that, the first group that he finds were fishermen. And so he's down, I presume, at the, at the docks or on the shore where you find fishermen. And he says to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of men. Interesting that he uses that term for them. He doesn't say, follow me and I'll, I'll teach you how to account for the kingdom or I'll teach you how to build. No, he uses their term, their language, their lingo. And I'll make you fishers of men. This is what you will do when you follow me. I don't think it's recorded anywhere in the Gospels after that, that he uses another uh, metaphor for fishing to them and says, uh, brethren, take up thy holy nets because we're going to go, we're going to go witness or bring your, your holy bait because we're going to go. No, he, that was just kind of pardon the pun, but that's how he got him on the hook was telling them, I will make you fishers of men. And in doing so, they hear this voice. So much so that it says they leave their nets. Now, this would be like, I'll use myself as an example. This would be like me sitting in my office on a Wednesday afternoon, working on my spreadsheets that's what I do. And Jesus walking into the room, hey, follow me. And, uh, well, you know, I got a deadline here. And um, somebody's waiting on this report. Uh, this is part of a project that I'm, that, no, follow me. And, okay, I'll, uh, let me log out real fast. Nope. Oh, and hang on, just let me finish this email. Nope. Follow me and we will accomplish what it is that you think you are needing to accomplish. But we're going to do it in a spiritual sense. It's like if he showed up to Brother Lewis's work and said, follow me and I will teach you how to medicate people. Tells Brother Rosario, follow me and we will go water the gardens of the spirit. 
This is what he, this is how he speaks. That's how he spoke to his disciples. And what they heard was a voice. They identified with that voice and said, this is, this is not just another, this is not a sales pitch. He's not just trying to get people to click like and subscribe, to use our 2018 vernacular. He's not trying to gain followers in that sense, you understand. He, he's actually looking to make something of them that they are not currently. I will make you fishers of men. And so in doing so, we see they, they leave their nets. They follow him. This is the first time they had heard that voice. The very first time they hear Jesus, the man, speak to them. But it resonated so much so in their spirit that this was their response. I will leave my livelihood. I will leave my uh, security, my plans, and I'll follow that voice. I'll give up what I'm doing to follow that voice. He stated the goal right away, too. You notice that. The purpose for why you would want to follow him. Why he wants us to follow him. To reach other people. I will make you fishers of men. You're going to learn from me how to catch. How to bring in that catch. I don't know about you, but that's my desire. I want to be able to reach somebody else. I want to be able to speak to them the things that they need to hear. Not, not so that I can get any credit, but if I'm looking at somebody in the eyes and I see there's a, there's a soul there. There's, a, there's an individual there with a a need with a God-ordained purpose. And if I know that the things that I say, the things that I do in that moment can help them, I'm interested in that. I, I'm, I haven't spent a lot of time fishing. I, I, I mainly watched a few other people fish here and there. When I was a kid, um, I like to just be along for the for the fun of it. Being on the water was fun. Being by the water was fun. Um, but I know that, as with any other hobby, you can get as far into the details of it as you want. I mean, you can get magazines coming to your doorstep every week that are trying to sell you more equipment. 
more tools for that hobby. And what they seek to do, you can get so bogged down. Yeah. I never want to get to that point. If I was a fisherman, I would not get, want to get to the point where I look at my tools and I think, I know I bought this pole last year. This tackle box is still relatively new, but I need something shiny. I need something that the next guy has because I don't know, I don't know what, the, what the sales pitch is. The fish are the same fish. There's the same fish that was in the pond last week, last year. They're not changing. They're not down there strategizing. Okay, when you see that bright orange thing, don't go to it. They don't, they're not doing that. But, but we have a tendency in our human nature to think, I need something new. I need something nice. I need something that's going to make me look good. Something that's attractive. Jesus didn't show up to the fishermen and say, hey, check out my catalog. Man, field and stream right here. Look at page 20. That's a nice reel. No, that's not, that's not his approach. And that's not what they learned of him. How to, how to be fishers of men. If you look at the first encounter of the early church, after Jesus has ascended and the day of Pentecost comes, we see Peter and John on their way to the temple. And now it's time to see what a fisher of man does. How does he, how, he, he? He's got his boat in the water. Casting off. He's got all the, all, the, all the tools in the tackle box that he learned from Jesus. Now Jesus is no longer there. And it's time for them to see what are, what are these fishers of men supposed to do? What do they look like? What's, our, what's our, uh, our plan here? Well, they're going to the temple. You know the story. There's the lame man there by the temple. It says that he looked on them expecting to receive from them. Well, we know that what he was asking for was money, okay? He's looking for alms. That's something to sustain himself, likely because he can't work a job and get his own income, so he needs to live off the income of other people, off the charity of other people. So these two men walking to the gate catch his eye, and it says he looks on them expecting to receive from them. Because... One of the two men said, look at us. Look on us. He looked on them expecting to receive. This is, this is him dropping the bait in the water. Look on us. Oh, we're just fishers of men. Oh, there's a man. Look on us. He drops the bait in the water. Don't know what's going to happen next. I've never used this rod or reel before. (laughs) I've never gone out this far into these waters before and tried to catch a fish. But here we are. 
They're following what they saw Jesus do. It says he looked on them expecting to receive from them. And the fisherman says, I don't have any silver or gold to give you. I wasn't, I wasn't given a portfolio with enough ones and some blank checks and some coins and said, you distribute this accordingly when you find the need. That, that's not what I have. Okay, I know that's what you're expecting to receive from me, but it's not what I have to give you. What I do have is this kind of on-the-job training that I've had for the last three years. During my walk with Jesus, I've learned some things and I've picked up some things. He's, he's, He's given me things, shared things with me, imparted to me that now I have and can give to you. Oh, this is what we're going to receive. Okay, uh, this ought to be interesting. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Last, was it last Wednesday? I think Bishop was ministering about gifts and and being used by God in gifts I feel the Lord ca- causing us to evaluate what is it that we have to give I know that I'm not the one that's been called to go out and give people money I I'll just be the first one to admit that I mean I don't it's not there I don't have it, so I can't give it. Here's a check for a million dollars, Brother Martin. I don't know what you're going to do with that, but there it is. That's not uh, because it hasn't been given to me. So I can't turn around and give that out. But what the Lord's doing is causing us to evaluate what do I have to give? And if I'm sitting there thinking I don't have anything to give, well, the Lord will adjust that tonight. He, you, you ought not to walk out of here still thinking that if you walked in here thinking that. I just, I'm just trying to get through Wednesday. I'm, just, I'm halfway through the week. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I can make it through tomorrow and Friday. Hopefully I can because then the weekend we'll get here and I, I can get a little bit of reprieve and enough to make it through next week. And that's all I have. So what else? What is there to give? Let's pray. Jesus, you've placed your spirit inside of us. God, inherent in your spirit is your gifting. Jesus, and inherent in your spirit is your will for us. Jesus, Lord, we make ourselves available right now, O oh God. Jesus, the things that we've seen of you and learned and heard from you, God. I pray, God, give us the wisdom to turn and share those things. 
Jesus such as we have, Lord. Let us give that. Let us make it available, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This is how easy it is to talk ourselves out of what we're talking about tonight. How easy it is to talk ourselves out of it. Because we look with the natural eye on the natural things and we see, well, he doesn't need this. She doesn't need that. They've got this covered. They got this thing. And what we're doing with, with our natural approach is trying to gauge the need of somebody else. It doesn't work that way. If we, if we could see the spiritual state of people that the Lord puts in our path, we would know right away. But sure, they might look like they have this and that and got this covered. But what do I have to give? Because I know I've got some stuff. It, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of familiar faces. I know we've received a lot of stuff over the course of the months and years and decades that the Lord's been pouring into us. The trick is how to make that available, how to, how to offer that. And, and it's not how to offer it in such a way. He was, Jesus wasn't teaching the disciples how to become tricksters and, and smooth-talking salesmen to make something, an offer that somebody else would want to have. Follow me and I'll teach you the five easy steps to soul winning. Follow, that's, not how, that's not how he did it. Follow me and I'll give you the, the, the tool, the, the, the key word, the phrase that brings everybody immediately to the altar. No, that's not how he did it. So why would we then turn around and look at our natural setting and say, okay, I don't know what to say to him to make him want what I have. I don't know what to say to her. I, don't, I, I can't formulate the script in my mind and, and, and make it sound just right so that by the time I get done saying whatever it is I'm going to say, they'll, they'll have tears in their eyes and they'll be giving me their phone number and asking when church starts. That's, that, that's what we are expecting. If it works that way, then glory to God. But more often than not, you're going to find yourself in a conversation and you're going to reach a point that just says, what do I have to give? Because such as I have, that's what I will give. That's what they need. Let's pray again. Lord Jesus, God, we turn our eyes to you. Jesus, we long to be used by you. 
God, every heart that's here right now, Lord, we desire to be used by you and your kingdom for your service, Lord Jesus, for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, see our hearts, Lord Jesus. Search us, O God. In the name of Jesus, let our words, our thoughts, our meditations be pleasing to you. Jesus, I pray that you would give us grace, Lord, to be fishers of men, Lord, as you would desire, as you would lead us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, come on, just say, I make myself available to you, Jesus. God, the things that that you've placed inside of me, Jesus, the word, the power of your word, Jesus, I lean upon that, Lord God. I I yield myself to that, Lord Jesus. You know every need, Lord. You know every individual, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done in me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, thy will be done in me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just continue to talk to the Lord for a moment. Jesus' name. The, um, the Lord Jesus made this statement. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The, um, as Brother Flowers was sharing some of those things, I, he made the statement about him calling them as fishermen. And one point there, I just sort of began walking through Scripture a little bit and wondering, were they ever referred to as fishermen again when they began ministering? Of course, there's a place in the book of Acts where somebody saw them and couldn't resist the wisdom that they spake with, and they had just been used of the Lord. As a matter of fact, I think it was after they had told the man to get up and walk at the gate, they were talking with the religious leaders and they said, these are ignorant and unlearned men. They, they didn't call them fishermen, but there was never that I could remember in Scripture just walking through where they were referred to as fishermen again, what they had been when they made the decision to respond to his calling. It began a process of a changing of their identity. And the... You know, 
was was referenced bishop ministered to us last week about gifts had all these notes and hadn't got there yet we might get there a little bit here last week and this idea of receiving and giving so i i need help really fast raise your hand just be honest if you could use a like a kleenex or a tissue right now anybody that could use one just raise it hold it up don't worry we're not going to hurt you or anything no keep it up for just a second this it's all right okay so brother martin i'd like you to go give him one please like reach in your pockets there whatever you got and Keep your hand up so he no, no he needs he needs to know. What's what's the problem? What about right here? Well here. So now I'll go give everybody that needs a Kleenex one. Now that was pretty simple, I know. But oftentimes, we will stop here and go, but I don't have. But I don't have. I don't have to give. Now, let me ask you another question. Anybody ever have trouble receiving? You know what I'm talking about? We had some people in our home a few weeks ago, and they had wrestled. They told us later they had wrestled for several days, hadn't slept, because they had been given something, and they didn't know how to respond to giving, to receiving. It was hard. I said, I think the Lord's trying to help you learn to receive. The Lord doesn't ask us to give See, we feel limitation in giving when we're trying to give of our own ability and of our own effort and of what we possess. And the reality is, as Bishop talked to us about last week, the gifting. And so we're really called, we know this isn't a new concept for us, but the reality is the Lord has called us to be a conduit. When those men in Acts 3 that Brother Flowers referenced said to the man, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Where did they get what they had? Where did what they have came from, come from? The Lord Jesus. So was it something that they were holding on in their pocket that Jesus gave them during three and a half years? And it's like somewhere along the way, you're going to need this. So keep it so you'll be able to whip it out when you need it. There, there it is. No, they had learned to be a conduit. And so when they, the need presented itself, they could be that for him to flow through and do what was needed. The issue was the flow of his spirit to minister to the need. Just like... In the natural, do you have Kleenex still? No, he, he doesn't have any now. How many got one that raised their hand that needed one? Right. Now he doesn't have any anymore. But the need has been met. Now, if somebody needed another one and he was so instructed, I bet he would respond. He could grab that box again. 
You say, well, what happens when they're all gone? There's more downstairs. That's in the natural. But the Lord has no limit to his supply. And so when we can get postured by the grace of God, get postured for the flow of his spirit to minister to need. Versus trying to have all the, well, I've got to have all the answers in here. I've got to have all the answers. I've got to have all the knowledge. I've got to have all the, I need all the, then I'll, I need this and then I'll, I need this and then I'll. No, I need to be open and available and then heal. And then he will. You've heard the Lord say this in the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the merciful for. Yeah, they're going to obtain or receive mercy. Apparently, there's something that happens when you give. It creates a flow, a vacuum, if you will. We see that principle again and again and again in Scripture. When we open ourselves up to give, there's a flow that comes. Right? We understand that concept? Give and it shall be given to you, Jesus said in one place. What happens? It creates something that flows from him. There's something in the nature of God that when we open ourselves to give, it opens him to receive or to pour into us. And so there's willing vessels or hungry vessels. Many places we go that are hungry, desiring. It's the fish. What makes the fish bite the hook? The empty hook? No, there's a worm on the end of it. They're hungry. I have, I'm not a fisherman, but I've been fishing before. And it really wasn't fair when we fished for salmon because it didn't matter if they were hungry or not. We used a net and just dipped them right out of the river. That was the way to catch them. It did work, and the Lord used that example. But when he talked about fishers of men, there are hungry people everywhere we go. But I feel like spiritually they're standing at the refrigerator and going, I'm hungry. I just don't know what I'm hungry for. And I don't know what they're hungry for either. I know they need the Lord. But I know that you... And I, as children of God, filled with the Spirit of God, can get in their company by the Lord's design. And if we've been in fellowship with Him and in communion with Him, it doesn't take long, Brother Flowers, for that channel, if you will, to open up and all of a sudden that hunger's being fed. Many of us have experienced it. All of a sudden there's words coming out of your mouth and maybe we've made this untrue statement. That says, I don't know where that came from. Yes, we do. We know exactly where it came from. It came from the Lord that flows into our spirit and flows out of our spirit where there's a need. But if I'm sitting here and I'm going, but I don't have anything to give. Freely you have received, Jesus said. Freely give. The other scripture that turns in my spirit in that regard is in the book of James. James made a statement. He said, you have not because you ask not. 
Or he said, when you ask to receive, you ask so that you can receive and just consume it on your own lusts. And the desire of the Lord to give to us is never to give for just our own benefit. He seeks to give to us so that, he can, so that we in turn can be, again, that conduit that gives out to others. And so when we come into a service and the Spirit of God ministers into our life and ministers strength and we feel the love of God being poured into our spirit, we feel the peace of God being poured into our spirit, we feel the strength of God, you you fill in the blank, what you feel Him putting into your spirit. He's not doing that so I can walk out and make it until Sunday morning. He's doing that so I can walk out and... I freely received, now I can freely give. And so when I go to my closet of prayer in the morning, and you go to your place of prayer at the start of your day, and you're receiving from Him, you're letting Him pour into you for the sole purpose that when I go out, He can draw out of me and minister through me. We've got to let the Lord shift our thinking in that regard so I'm not going to a place of prayer and go, Oh God, give me strength to make it through today. Bless me today. Help me today. Be with me today. Do this for me today. And then I get home and then Thank you, Jesus. I had a great day. I made it through the day. It was pain-free. I didn't have a whole lot of problems. My job went smooth. It was a good day. No, I'm going to that place of prayer to commune and fellowship with Him. To, yes, receive of Him. But receive with the purpose and the intent by the flowers of giving out, of going out to fish, going out to reap, going out to minister as he chooses and he ordains. You see Jesus sitting by the well. He went out of his way, right? We must needs go through Samaria, he said. He stops and sits down by the well. They're hungry. The disciples are hungry naturally. They say, you know what, Jesus, uh, we're going to go get something to eat. Jesus said, I think I'm just going to stay right here. Go ahead. They left. It's noon, middle of the day. A woman comes to get something. She comes to draw water out of the well. But she's hungry. And Jesus knew she was hungry. He had been in fellowship with the Father. And so when she engages in conversation, he started the conversation, but it went pretty quickly. He said, if you knew who was asking you to give him a drink, you'd ask of me and I'd give you water and you would never thirst again. And ministry began to flow out to her. And what happened? She ran back into the city, told him, the Messiah's here, and he's told me everything that I've ever done. Come. And she brought more back. She realized, he's got a supply that's flowing. It flowed into me. It's not just for me. It's for others. So the quickening of the Spirit of the Lord from the moment that the flowers begin to minister, the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm sending you out. And you do have something to give. You may not know what you have to give yet. But if you're availing yourself and in fellowship with him. He can flow what's necessary. In the moment. In the moment. I've witnessed it again and again. Why don't you stand with me? I was 
I don't know why this story keeps coming back to my mind, my heart. It's been 15, 16, 17 years ago. I was at work, and a gentleman came in needing a loan. He was sort of buried under some debt. He was trying to work his way out of it, trying to sort of figure out if he could work some things. To, maybe we could get this. If I could get this, then I could pay this off and put this over here and pay this off. And, and he, was, he was under the stress of all of those things, and he was really trying to find answers and, and looking for a solution to his deal. And, I mean, I worked at a bank, so I, I'm supposed to help solve those things, I guess, where it's possible. And, and uh, th- this thought just sort of went through my spirit. He needs to trust me. Well, that's not what you say when you're working at the bank and somebody's asking you for a loan, right? Well, you know, you really need to trust God. <laughs> and so, hope this hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. I didn't say a word about that. I'm just sitting there and listening. I'm, we're looking at numbers and I'm pulling up screens and I'm putting stuff. And man, the deeper we're going, it's not working. I'm realizing this is not working. And thankfully, the Lord just kept saying, he needs to trust me. I thought, well, I, I did happen to know that he was some type of Christian, whatever that meant. He had some profession, whatever. And uh, so I finally, by the grace of God, got the boldness. I said, can I say something to you? See, sometimes we have to push through. There's things that try to stop the flow of what the Lord wants to do, and usually it's our human nature. We're all human. But the Lord had something to give him that he needed to hear if I could get out of the way. And so he said, sure. I literally, I, I like put a, I, I, like either spun the computer around or put my hand down, flip the paper over something just to try to make it clear. Look, we're moving off of this for a second. And I said, this is going to sound strange, right? Because we like disclaimers. (laughs) I was trying not to do that. But you know, it's God give us boldness to just speak his word. I said, this is going to sound strange. And he was, he was like probably 20 years older than I was. He was up in years a little bit. And I said, um, you know, you're not going to solve this with some loan. You believe in God, don't you? Yeah. I said, I think you need to learn to trust him. And he wants you to trust him with this. The Lord is my witness. At first, I thought, man, I have said the wrong thing. (laughs) Because this 50-something-year-old man's like... Just staring at me like, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing you say right now? And I'm sitting there thinking, am I just saying what I think I just said right now? But it was so strong in my spirit. I I felt like if I didn't say it to him, I'm accountable to God and to that man. Because it was so prevalent in my spirit that the Lord was wanting him to trust him. Not do it in his ability. 
And so he sent him to a bank where a spirit-filled believer worked. He sent him to a car wash where a spirit-filled believer works. We have to understand the Lord still does this. So he sent you or sent someone to you. He sent them to a classroom where a teacher teaches. He does these things. And after the man, after maybe the, maybe it was just shock. That's what we'll call it. He said, you're exactly right. I don't want to do any of this. I mean, he immediately said, I don't want to do any of this. And I was thinking, good, because it wasn't happening anyway. <laughs> Is that too honest? And the conversation went from there. The door opened to begin to talk to him about things God had done and how he could trust and what that avenue of trust had looked like from some experiences in my life that I could share with him. And there was a flow of many. I don't know if I ever saw him again. I don't know the end of that story. And that's difficult for us, isn't it, sometimes? I think Brother Flowers alluded to it. We're like, well, they're going to break down. They're going to have tears and they're going to say, show me in the word. And where's church and what time? Because we want an end of the story. That's not our responsibility. One plants, one waters. One plants, one waters. One plants, one waters. One plants, one waters. And the interesting thing about that scripture that we never share is it says, So then, neither is he that planteth or he that watereth anything. But God that gives the increase. And so we're a conduit that plants seed or waters seed. And where it goes from there, he gives the increase. The Lord has, Bishop, as you talk, gifted us. Not just with spiritual gifts, but gifted us to be able to be filled with his spirit so we could be a conduit for him to flow through. And he wants to do that with every one of us. Could we reach to him right now? I believe he'd like to pour some things into our spirit so that we could let them flow out of us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from you. It comes from you, not of ourselves, not of our doing, not of our producing, but from you, Father. And we have freely received of you, so I pray, lead us, instruct us, grant us boldness, Father, that we would freely give. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, grant us boldness that we would freely give. In this, your people, your body, a free giving of that which you have given to us. As you sent out the 70, so send us to give according to what you impart to us. In the name of Jesus.
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He called the 70 to him. And he said, I give you power. Remember that? I give you power, Luke 11. Thank you. Power for what? Power to heal the sick. Power to cast out devils. Power to raise the dead, he told them. And then he said, now go. I mean, I don't think he went shoe like that. Sorry, I wasn't trying to. Then the Lord said, now go. And he sent them out two by two. And the scripture says they went out. And they came back. And when they came back, they were rejoicing. They weren't rejoicing because they said, oh, we've received so much. They were rejoicing because they said, we laid hands on the sick and they recovered. The devils were cast out. The dead were raised to life. What were they rejoicing about? They were rejoicing because they had been able to give of what they had received. And they saw the evidence of their giving. They knew it wasn't of their own producing. They had received it of him and they went and gave. Amen. It is his desire. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord bless you. Go and give in Jesus' name. Amen.